The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thursday edition of PFTOT, where we talk about the things we didn't have time to get to during the program, because Chris and I were having a knockdown dragout over the NFL's outside advisory committee, who will be providing input to the commissioner on COVID-19 issues. We didn't get to the other COVID-19 developments from Wednesday's press conference that the NFL held. And let me mention this, Chris. Before anything else, uh, they mentioned that, obviously, the positivity rate is very low for the COVID-19 test, but they are adopting the CDC guidelines. If someone has a proven positive for COVID-19, they're not going to be tested for 90 days because the CDC has concluded that the antibodies last for at least three months. So if you've had it, you don't get tested for three months. It's wow. one last person who's got to have that, yeah. you know, that, that alien probe stuck up their nose right. every day or however often it's going to be. You get a three-month dispensation if you've had it. And that gets back to the point that I've had teams make to me to explain the positivity rate being so low so far could be a lot of these guys already had had it it, they have the antibodies and that's why there's so many who are negative because they've had it and now it's just a matter of time of when the antibodies go away and they can maybe get it again yeah it's really interesting it it, it is and you know it's 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 good to hear but you're right it's it's one you know less thing for that guy to have to worry about walking into the facility or whatever that may be but uh we're gaining more and more knowledge of that and again i know we've talked about it a lot but it just seems like the NFL and everybody is in the right place with this whole thing right now. And everybody is doing and taking the, the proper steps and measures. And uh, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm going, like, I, it's been so many days of optimism, right? How you always used to go, oh, it's a pessimistic day. It's opti-. Like, it's been so many ge- days of optimism now. It's like, I've stopped thinking about, oh, will there be a season? There's going to be a season. It's now it's like, all right, are we going to get you know all 16 games in for every team or are we going to have a handful of teams that miss a few games? But to me, the way it's shaping up, I don't think it's going to be much worse than that. At least I'm hopeful. I'm keeping the fingers crossed. I just I, I think they're going to get all the games in. Yeah. I still yeah. it, look, it's fine that they have a mechanism in place to consider competitive issues and decide whether to postpone games, cancel games, whatever. I still think that football, the ultimate next man up sport, if you got 46 guys who can dress, they go play, yeah. period. It's on you to make sure the virus stays out of your building. It's on you to make sure you've got your roster constructed in a way that you can withstand these issues. It's on you, nobody else, and we'll see you on Sunday. They never cancel games because too many guys are injured from the other team. That never happens. It's next man up, even if you're going into a meat grinder against the best team in the NFL and you're bringing a bunch of backups, you still go and you play. When they play in the postseason, will there be a bubble where all of the playoff teams will be on lockdown, either in one place or in their own cities? Troy Vincent, the NFL's executive VP of football operations, addressed that question yesterday, and he said, that Sean Payton, member of the competition committee, has brought that up, that possibility of doing a bubble in the postseason. Look, they can't require guys 
to stay away from their families without an agreement by the NFLPA, and they surely don't want to do that, especially when it can be done on a voluntary basis. Yeah. And I think, Chris, is a practical matter. As you're getting closer and closer to the brass ring and the season that remains is getting shorter and shorter, Right. it's easier to say, hey, honey, I'm going away for a few weeks. I'm going away until we lose. I may bring home a Super Bowl ring. So when you get to January, I think everybody on the team, you're crazy if you don't opt in to a hotel arrangement at that point and tell your family, I, I have to do everything I can to keep this virus out of the team because if we get too many guys sick for the wrong game, we're done. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I think it's a, a great idea. It's a brilliant idea. I mean, it, it really is. It's what should be done. You know, and you're right. I mean, we know that there has to be some deal struck or whatever. But, you know, if all NFL teams just agreed to do it, you know, and then let's just say the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Okay, I mean, if Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Frank Clark and Chris Jones all go stay in the hotel, trust me, the other 47 guys are going to go stay in the hotel too because they're going to realize, wait, wait, our, our stars, our best players. So that'll be easy to do even if the rule isn't in place, I do think. And to your point, you're right. You know, you can see the finish line. You know, we might be done next week. At the very worst, honey, we're done, you know, four weeks from now. You know, we can we can survive. And plus, you get extra money for each playoff win you get. I mean, it can be game-changing type money for some of these guys. So it's really good. And then the last aspect of this is this to me, Mike. Like, we've made it this far. Man, I don't, I don't want us to get to the Super Bowl and it be Kansas City versus Seattle and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes can't play. I mean, that'll ruin everything. I mean, it will ruin it. Like, I would literally go, well, can we find two other teams to play? I don't want to watch these two now. I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't care. You know, so they have to ensure that the best product is on the field here for that home stretch and the most important time of the year. And that's why I would be in favor of that playoff bubble. Here's the reality. When December rolls around, I'm going to be far less worried about the contenders than I am about the teams that are out of contention and are just yeah. playing out the string. Those are the teams that are more likely to lose focus and invite an outbreak and not continue to do everything they have to do to stay on the right side of the coronavirus. And the ultimate incentive is you still get your game checks if you play the games, even if the games aren't relevant to anything, even if you've been mathematically eliminated. It's another situation where that seventh playoff spot is going to come in handy because I think teams will be alive more teams will be alive much deeper into December, and it's going to be a small handful of teams that are just like, ah, screw it. That's when the coach needs to explain to the players, you say, ah, screw it now. You may be saying, ah, screw it to your last two game checks because if we lose games, you lose money. That's the deal that they did between the NFL and the NFLPA. So I don't think they're going to need a playoff bubble. I think the teams that get there – Number one will be the teams that have mastered it so far. And number two, they're going to be the teams less likely to lose that laser focus on staying healthy when the single elimination process unfolds. All right, when the games are played this year, and this is all very vague at this point. This was a Shefty tweet yesterday. Source, NFL is now considering a league-wide policy that would enable fan sound to be heard in stadiums. Now, look. I don't know whether that's like they've got the apps where you can you can cheer at home and it comes up on on whatever screens they put where the seats would be or how you do it. This is a slippery slope if you start going down the rabbit hole of how much sound 
someone is going to be piping in. As someone pointed out yesterday, maybe the Falcons were ahead of their time, Chris. Yeah. You can't let it be deafening in one place and not in another. How do you have consistency with that? I think that's the risk. And if it's anything more than just background noise, if it's real noise that affects what they hear on the field, that's something the NFL has to be very, very careful about. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to be interested to see their approach to the sound and the look of the game here with, you know, no fans or very limited fans in certain stadiums and all that. You know, I mean, one, I would hope that if this rule is set in place to where, yeah, you can pump crowd noise into the speakers and all that, that the NFL would have somebody at, at, at all 16 sites that day to go, wait, we're going to watch the decibel levels. Here you go. This is the volume. This is as loud as you're allowed to go. You go past this, you get fined, whatever that may be. They're, they have to have somebody there to watch over that. But I, I don't know, Mike. I mean, I kind of want to see at first no fans. I mean, we talked about it a little yesterday where – could be a lot of cool aspects of no fans and no crowd noise. You know, yeah, the microphone, things we're going to get to hear, but just the way the game's played, all of that, you know, you pump in crowd noise. Again, that's going to be, it's going to lead to, not that it's bad, just normal football again. You know, the road team's going to have to deal with crowd noise and signal and do all those things where, you know, just as a pure fan, I kind of want to see no crowd noise, at least at first, just to see what it looks like and how it goes. It's just odd to think that a league that once made it a penalty when the home team was too loud. Remember those days? Yeah. Your dad was playing back in those days where they had to warn the crowd to shut up. Right. And if they didn't, they were going to give five yards to their team. How ridiculous. Who in the hell came up with that? And where were all the other sane, reasonable adults who would have said, what the hell are you talking about, Seriously. Johnny? We're not going to do that. We want these people to embrace the game. We want them to be excited. Anyway. Now they're talking about this possibility of pumping in crowd noise. I want to know more about it. I don't like it. I'm in the John Madden camp. He counseled Fred Gadelli, the executive producer of Sunday Night Football, months ago to embrace the ambient sounds. Yeah. You're going to hear things that you never would have heard before. Embrace it. The problem is you're going to hear things you never heard before. That's the truth. Uh, which could be a problem on an FCC-regulated network. Yeah. But I, I, I don't need artificial. Let's embrace everything about this reality. This is football in empty stadiums or largely empty stadiums. It's fine. It's still football. It's like pizza. No matter how bad it is, it's still pizza. Let me enjoy my pizza. And if it happens to not have mushrooms tonight, I can deal without the mushrooms. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I really do. I want to see that. I want to hear the checks at the line of scrimmage. I want to be able to hear some trash talk and things like that. I'm actually less concerned with the audio and more concerned with the visual. Just I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what the networks come up with to how they're going to shoot the game because it is going to be weird, you know, and it's still weird if you watch baseball right now when they have certain shots and, yeah, you see the first five rows in the background and it's empty. It, it ain't that cool looking. As to the approach of the NBA – where it's really freaking cool looking. They're zoomed in on the court, and you could see that digital wall of the fans there, and they've made it look or feel normal that way. So uh, that that's where I, I'm also intrigued by this, just to, to see if there's any added elements here that the, the TV state networks will come up with and if the NFL tries to make something you know, be put in place for how it looks uh, on a weekly basis. Well, remember, Chris, there are going to be tarps on the first eight rows of every stadium. Yeah. And 
for night games, for the NBC games or games in a dome stadium, the lighting can be done in a way where you don't even see the empty seats. Cool. So I think I think that will be a feature for the games that we have on NBC. I don't know that, but I, I think that, that that makes sense. You can you can turn the lighting down. You can focus more lighting on the field, and 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 people just won't notice. Because I remember when sports first returned, it was the Bundesliga German Soccer League, and it was jarring when you'd get the shot of that wall of emptiness, of yeah. that wall of nothing. And it will look different in some stadiums and other. Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. It is glaring. There isn't going to be a damn thing you can do to not get people to notice the sea of bright yellow seats. It is horrible. The Superdome, I think the seats still look this way. I haven't seen a shot of an empty Superdome in a while. But remember how, like, it was... They, yeah, all the opposite colors. colors. Is yeah. it still that way? I think they changed it. Uh, it I want to say it, with the last okay, remodeling job was, it was changed, but I'm not sure about that. It never looked empty when it was empty right, because right, of that. Right. So, you know, they're going to come up with something. And at the end of the day, it's still football. And we're going to be happy that there's football, especially with two major college conferences not playing this year and the other three in an experimental phase at best, even if they won't admit that. We know the NFL is going to play. We know the NFL is going to be there. They're determined to do it. They've done well so far with the virus. It's a testament to what the coaches have been able to do. As I said the other day, if the country was led by football coaches, we'd have kicked this thing's ass a while ago yeah. because they are very results-oriented. They are very practical. What does it take to get us to where we want to be? Okay, that's what it takes. Let's do it. Yeah. If that's going to lead us to where we want to be, let's do it. And they've done it, and congratulations to the NFL and its head coaches for getting the NFL to where it is, but I don't want to jinx anything. There's still plenty of work to be done. Yep. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When it comes to the actual games itself, Chris, on the field, significant restrictions on who can and can't be present. Yesterday, the headline, no cheerleaders, no mascots. We wrote last night based upon the NFL's game day protocol as negotiated with the NFLPA. No sideline reporters, network, local radio, national radio, no pregame TV. Not that we were going to be at any games anyway, but if we were, Chris, we're not going to be down on the sideline. Nobody's going to be on the sideline from any of the networks or any of the TV stations before the game. Look, it's smart. You're doing everything you can yeah. to reduce the opportunities that somebody's going to walk into that stadium with the virus, shedding the virus, and sparking an outbreak. Why would you have any other approach? I know that there are going to be people who are upset about it, but for the most part, football's still football. 
And if you're doing what you can to ensure there won't be an outbreak and the full football season can be played, I got no problem with it at all. Yeah, I, me neither. I mean, we don't need the tentacles of the cheerleaders' lives and the mascots' lives, you know, possibly ruining our NFL 2020 season. And that's no disrespect to them. I love when they're there. I and, mean, you know, yeah, it's a, they're an amazing part of the game, too. Um, but, yeah, it's just not worth it this year to, to what you're saying. It's really not. And I certainly – We'll be fine watching the game if it's the Bears and not seeing the Bear mascot. I, I'll somehow I'll survive that one. I really will. But who is who's your favorite mascot? Like in all seriousness, who's your favorite out there? Steely McBeam is he still around? Just because it's so ridiculous. The Steelers mascot. Did they get rid of him? I think Steely McBeam still survives. The big giant Jay Leno face yeah. chin guy I don't know what with the, the hard hat. Right. Yeah. Steely McBeam. Steely. Steely McBeam. Actually. Actually. My all-time favorite was the old Viking mascot, Ragnar, who would drive a motorcycle chopper onto the field. Yeah, they they got rid of him a few years ago. They have the guy now, Victor the Viking, who actually follows the PFT account on Twitter. I don't want to disrespect Victor, but uh, give me the real Viking. Give me Ragnar. When you have a team that is based upon actual humans like Vikings and Steelers, right, Cowboys. You don't need some big cartoonish mascot. No, you just do that right. for the animals. Yeah, that's my thought. Well, yeah, I get that. I, I'm with I'm with you there. Uh, I you know I'll miss Jackson Deville. You know that's who I'll really miss this year. Yeah, sure you will. You know he's one of my favorites. He likes to uh, you know crap on you from time to time on social media. That was from seven years ago. <laughs> I still that's, love it. I love it. Hey, Mike hey. at Pro Football Talk. I can keep busting you up all night, but I got important things to do like. Clean in my litter box. Now go copy and paste. Way to go, Jackson Deville. You said what I've always wanted to say. You the man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That was seven years ago. So Pete and Chris. So and Matt Casey. So we right. don't care. Uh, <laughs> enjoy your weekend. Thank Chris. You. you got a podcast today? Got a podcast today. Gonna be doing that. Um Big Phil, I think, is going to be on. Uh but yeah, we're gonna hit a number of different topics today on Chris Sims Unbutton. When I heard big and I heard, I didn't know what was going to follow it. Thank you for saying Phil instead of what you otherwise always say. Uh, All right. Well, we'll check out Chris Sims on Button later today. Check out PFTPM from yesterday, the Jason Wright interview. And we didn't mention during the show today, PFTPM becomes part of the Peacock lineup in September. Wow. 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. Every week. Wow. Uh, I don't. I don't know. How, I don't know how I feel about two in the morning and one at night. I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out soon. I'd rather do three in a row. But I'll. I'll I, this. You know what? There's value in having something at the end of the day. After everything that's happened, think about all the stuff that goes on throughout the course of the afternoon that you otherwise don't get a chance to talk about until the next morning. Yeah. So there's going to be plenty to do on PFTPM. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a full day on Peacock, 12 hours on Peacock, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. PFT Live, Dan Patrick Show, Rich Eisen Show, Brother from Another with Michael Hawley and Michael Smith, and then PFTPM to wrap up the day all on Peacock. That'll be in September. The first big chunk of it starts on Monday. We'll be on PFT Live coming Monday. This is it. Next time you're on the show, Chris, we're on Peacock. So we need to make sure everybody knows where to get it, how to get it, how to consume it. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. It's cool. I mean, it's the new age. This is the way the world's going. So just everybody's got to get used to it and buy in and check us out on Peacock. All right. uh, Everybody have a great day. Chris, have a great weekend. We'll see everyone else Friday morning on PFT Live. See ya.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.